Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. And action. Hello and welcome to episode 198 of the Inside Tri Show. I'm Helen Murray and each week on the Inside Tri Show I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. Now if you heard last week's show you will have heard the news that I am going to be stopping this podcast in October. It has been an utter blast and utter privilege and over the next three episodes you are going to be hearing from some people who have had a big impact on me generally in life and through triathlon as well and this week it is Nikki Bartlett and Lucy Gossage together. We start off a little bit random there are lots of giggles a little bit more poignant stuff as well and so many takeaways from them but before we get to that David you have been doing back-to-back park runs so you did Ross on Y and then you went to Dixton Junior Park Run for an energetic warm-up as well Kerry you said that you took the gravel bike for a spin around Coida Brennan Forest you went down the mountain bike trails what a bone shaker that was I loved it so much you said Kelly Hope the legs are better. You said, oh, I had such a fab time at the Rock Trite. Thank you. It was awesome. I am still buzzing. And Joe, you said you're at the Beck Busters 10K, a cheeky little course, smashing organisation. One of my chums is race director. She's fabulous. You said great tunes. And possibly, this is a bit that got me, Joe, I won't lie, possibly the best post-race bacon butties and cake ever. What Wallace would call a grand day out. That's what you say. Time for this week's interview. Lucy Gossage and Nikki Bartlett don't need much of an introduction to triathlon audiences. They are good friends. They have both regularly been on the podium across Ironman and Ironman 70.3 races over the last decade. I have spoken to Nikki loads over the last 10 years and followed her progress from age grouper to pro, which has been such a pleasure to do. She's obviously still competing and recently won Ironman Wales 2023. Lucy, meanwhile, she is a 14-time Ironman champion. She, of course, won Ironman Wales three times before she retired. These days, Lucy works part-time as an oncologist, so a cancer doctor. She does loads of ultra running. She has a massive challenge lined up for this upcoming winter. She also does plenty of DIY cycling and jorking adventures, as she calls them. And the thing I really, really, really admire her for is the amount of time and sheer energy that she puts into Move Charity absolutely for free to help and inspire people to move against cancer. So I am now lucky enough to call Lucy a colleague and it was such a pleasure to bring Nikki and Lucy on together I was very proud I do get a word in edgeways and even though it very quickly goes off on a tangent it does get better and better Nikki Bartlett and Lucy Gossage welcome back on to the Inside Trial Show for the final time 
Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, we feel very privileged for being on for one of the last ones. Well, but I, I want to sing a song. Oh, <laughs> I've got loads of songs coming in my head. No, Come no, on, I'm crack on, Lucy. No, no, we, no, we want... no. No one wants to hear my singing, but there's lots of songs in my head. But anyway, it's sad. <laughs> why, why Please don't go. Don't go. <laughs> anyway, you can sorry. tell Goss has just spent 24 hours nearly in her own head doing an opera. <laughs> Yeah, I need to know what goes through your head in an ultra. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Someone also has a burger trying to find a tap. I had some like amazing calves running with me, like playful calves. And then I had a pack of cows that were less playful. Was that a genuine thing or that like did that actually happen or was that in your mind? No, I, I'm actually I think I've got a blog in me about the things that actually happen that sound like I've dreamt them. <laughs> But no, no, I'm not joking. This is why the reason you're saying about the cows and um, oh, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I never talk so much about myself. I'm going to. So I once ran the length of the River Severn in seven days with a colleague. OK, this was in 2008. And How far that? So it's 210 miles, but we did half each. So we did it as a relay. So like I would do eight or nine miles. Then my colleague did eight or nine miles. Then we'd have a bit of lunch and then we'd do the same again in the afternoon. However, I didn't have a pair of trail shoes. I don't actually know how we did it, but we were still in our early 20s at the time. But on the last day, I was running near Bristol and I was in a field. And I just remember exactly what you've described, running with all these cows. And I was really <laughs> scared of cows. And and I don't know if it was in my head or if it actually happened. <laughs> It's a bit like that. <laughs> These cows, were th they were there, but they were just little cows. They were very playful. They were lovely. It all feels like a dream, but it was, um, I don't think any of it was a dream, but it sounds like a dream. But anyway, that wasn't the point of the podcast. No, we're we going to come back to that. Piece in it's seconds. fine. It's fine. I, because, <laughs> Nikki, what goes through your mind in an Iron Man? Oh, my God. Like, sometimes, well, oftentimes... My head just goes off on one and I start not even thinking about like what I'm having for dinner tonight and that kind of stuff. So like I try and come back into the room. I'm like, okay, I'm racing. Everything like, oh, I can't wait to see XX supporters at if I know Bex is at a certain point in the race. Um, I start looking forward to that and then I'm like, okay, remind myself to eat, because that's quite easy to to forget. I, everything like titch comes into my mind all the time. And you know, being honest. Like sometimes like, oh, I could just sit down there. Look at those people eating a nice burger on the side of the road. Just sit with them. <laughs> Lucy, out of interest, is the mind completely different in a mega, mega ultra to an Ironman? I think this this last one, so the first 50 miles, like there, I was kind of running, there were people to chat with, and it was it was quite like they there was it was a tiny, tiny race. But the second 50 overnight. You know, it was literally just me. Like, you have to navigate. It was actually quite hard navigating. And then there was a whole thing about, like, where you're going to get food. And I don't know, there was a lot to a lot to think about. So I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about anything. And then you're like, you're like oh, I, I'm nearly at the end. And then you're like, I've still got 30 miles to go. I'm nowhere near the end at all. Did it hit the enjoyment box? It did. Like I, I maybe it's a bit like when you win your first Ironman or something. Takes a bit of time to get your head around it. I, I loved the first fifty. That was just like a normal race, but you're kind of going easy because you know you're trying to hold back because it was actually more fun. And then the last fifty, I don't know. It's just so weird. You're just in such a weird space. I've never done anything like that where you're just kind of a bit out of yourself, a little bit. But I, I've never taken drugs. I imagine. Those, that overnight section is a bit like what it must be if you're completely out of it on drugs, where you're kind of there, you're kind of doing it, but it's, you don't really know what's, I don't know. <laughs> Bex and I were like, at what point do we ask them how they feel about the spine race in the winter? <laughs> <laughs> After doing that, because isn't it like the spine, like double the distance and more in extreme cold conditions? Yeah, yeah, but you know. Too early to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you in a month. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Nikki in five years, ten years' time. She was so doing it. I need. I can only do ultras, which tell me where. Oh no! I have to tell this story. Come so on. Nikki has done one up. Was it an ultra? Or was it an ultra? 
Yeah. So Nikki, the old tried did the 20 mile. <laughs> so Nikki didn't realise that you had to navigate. So she didn't have a way to navigate. So she had the brainwave that she would navigate off her dot on the tracker. <laughs> so, Nikki, how did how did that go? Wow, my plan didn't quite work because we went to register and everyone had like a blank section and my name just had tracker next to it. And I was like, what's weird? Why is mine the only one that's got tracker next to it? Anyway, like I am proper dyslexic and I'm not very good at filling in forms. In the form, I said at some point that I was bringing my own tracker. <laughs> so now my plan was completely destroyed to follow myself on a tracker. Because so I was like, well, is there any chance I could have a tracker? And they're like, no, we don't have any spare. And I was like, oh my God, I am absolutely screwed. So I only had a stopwatch. <laughs> so like, I set off and I was like, I have to find someone to run with, um, which worked. But there was quite a few distances going on. This one guy was like, oh, what you were doing the 20 mile? I was like, I am. And he goes, I'm doing the one less. You're meant to be going that way. And I was like, oh no. So it's like recruiting <laughs> people and just basically trying to keep up with them so I could follow them. <laughs> Would you want to do more ultras down the line? We always have a running joke how long I'll be a pro for. So I think I've got 12 years left. That's just like <laughs> Bex is like, oh my God. <laughs> Bex is like, no. And then, but then I'm like, I want to then go into ultra running. But I am, I am really bad at directions. If you ever got a bike ride with Nikki, I mean, you'll probably end up in a cul-de-sac. You'll, you'll definitely end up on some <laughs> random bike paths. We end up in all sorts. But yeah, I get lost a lot. So I need ultras with a signpost every 500 meters. Okay, like it. Right. Lucy, do you remember when and where we first met? Uh, I think it was at I'm on UK and it would have been 2013, I think. And you were interviewing, you were doing something, it was before the race, you were doing something, which I still got a clip. It was a cool clip about Iron Man uh, for the BBC Five Live. And I told a story about how I collapsed, uh, like in the medical tents and whatever. <laughs> yes. So I think we, that was where we met. Yeah, no, we, we did. And am I right in thinking that was your first pro race? No, it wasn't. It was my first Ironman UK win. I think I'd done okay. Challenge Barcelona before, but yeah, it was around about that time when I was just starting to get good. What year was that? 2000? I think it would have been 20, 2013. Yeah, yeah. In, the, yeah, in that summer. And then the documentary thing kind of went out near a Kona, I think. But I remember, I remember actually, you are right. I went along to that to go and um, interview some of the pros because I knew like, well, there aren't going to be any other opportunities to get like face-to-face interviews unless I get to Ironman UK. And at that point there was like a pro male and a pro female field. But then I also wanted to speak to normal age groupers. So I was kind of walking around the um, expo or whatever, or registration and just chatting to, you know, different people. And I remember one guy, I must have said, oh, have you done one of these before? And he said something like, yes and he, he sold it so well and he said and I I crossed that line with four seconds to spare and you had talked about you know that you were sort of going along and you collapsed into the um, aid station sort of got up again <laughs> and then carried on <laughs> and then with all like this dramatic music it made it sound like something I don't know, pretty special, to be honest. It's really good. I put that clip in some of my talks. If I'm talking to an audience who know nothing about Iron Man, I'll either use that clip or I'll use, you know, do you remember that cartoon um, of, I've been, I will be an Iron Man? Do you remember <laughs> that crazy one? I sometimes use that one instead. But it's a really good kind of summarises what it's about. Yeah. And then, Nikki, do you remember where, where we first met? Yeah, I think actually it was my first pro, one of my first pro races and staffs. And um, yep. we did the bike course where few together and then went for a scope. <laughs> and I, I was just thinking, Owen, when you're saying about how bad you are at navigation, how did we navigate that? Because surely that was like pre-GPS. It was like the time of dinosaurs. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? Actually, when I used to, because um, I didn't have a very good car, so I used to cycle like everywhere. That's how I got a bike. So I used to cycle from when I lived in like near Maidenhead, I used to cycle back to my parents in Cheltenham. 
and I just have this is gonna show my age. I just have like all the towns I needed to go through written on my hand or <laughs> on a piece of paper stuck to my bike or an AA route map smashed out with like dots on. And that's how I used to get around. Like I used now, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Are we me yeah. So many cycling trips that way. But you still haven't really embraced technology, have you? And that you, you still don't have also pause. So you get traffic <laughs> lights, it's like stop. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah, and then today I can't remember what I was doing today on the bike. I completely forgot to stop it. I was like, oh no. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can I can relate to that. So I I have a a flashy Garmin now, which I just bought especially to to make sure I could get around France. Um, but prior to that, I've just got a less flashy Garmin, which doesn't have auto pull. So I too would be going stop and then start. <laughs> yeah, literally, me and technology do not go. I have a thirty second tolerance of if it doesn't work in that time, that's it. I'm done. Back to the stopwatch. <laughs> When did you two meet? It's in Mallorca. It, it was like either 2012, 13 or 14. Um, and I was an age grouper. Goss just smashed the race. And it was like an after party, wasn't it? I don't know all the I don't know. It was like I, so I think I met Bex because Bex had um so so Bex had been yeah, I'd done the European Duathons and Bex, who's Nikki's partner, uh had the and coach. I'd done the, was a BTF coach at the European Duathlon. So Bex had told me about this friend, in inverted commas, players, <laughs> who wanted to be a pro and was doing all these crazy turbos but didn't know how to swim. That was my, <laughs> that was my memory of my first description, Nikki, was, was Bex's friend who was doing like crazy turbos, didn't know how to swim but wanted to be a pro. I was like, oh, aspirational. And then, <laughs> then <laughs> Bex comes over with Nikki and Nikki's like, I just wanted to say hi. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is Bex's friend who wants to be a pro. <laughs> Your friendship has really developed, hasn't it, over the years? Gone from being a groupie yeah. to friends. Yeah, <laughs> I think no, we, became, we, we raced a lot together, didn't we? Yeah. And then now I'm, you know, I just try to stay fit enough to keep up with Vicky on our easy rides, <laughs> basically. We just chat loads. And then sometimes I get, a text saying how long's your ride i mean i think we should reflect on when you cycle to the peaks and then we did three and a half hour run in the peaks and then you cycled home I think yeah, that, that was a, that was after covid though we were all a bit loopy um yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no i like i feel yeah we did we did become really good friends i think we became better friends actually when i stopped racing just because we had yeah. a bit more time and you were up here more yeah definitely well. and then i think the covid I think in COVID times, you just like developed more relationships with, with your friends. And I think our group definitely got a lot closer and we went, mm. we did those crazy stuff in the peaks and just did stuff to, which we really enjoyed being in the outdoors, basically. And there's a weird dynamic though, when we were racing, because, because I was always on paper, I was always a bit better than you, but we were very, very kind of, no, I wasn't the start, but then, then, then we were very close. And actually at the end, we were pretty much similar. And there were times where you beat me and times where I beat you. Um, but at the, yeah, certainly at the start, it was almost like I was the senior pro and you were breaking into the ranks. And then, um, yeah, then we kind of progressed together on the same line and then got close and then, yeah, then I quit. Well, in my yeah. first pro race, I'll never forget it. I was sat at my parents because I kind of moved to Cheltenham at that point. Um, and I was sat on the sofa and I was like, oh my God, Dad, I've got an email from Lucy Gossage. And that, it, was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like three days before my first pro race. And I was there like, what am I doing? You're just like sweating all the time from like being so nervous. <laughs> it's really daunting when you go pro. There's like... Uh you're on like you create your own team but you are like on like especially at the beginning you feel a bit like what am I doing I'm so out of my debt maybe I should just stay as an age grouper I get this lovely email from Goss saying um I'm sure you're something along the lines of I should have actually pulled this up and quoted it but it's something along the lines of I'm sure you should be nervous but just go out there and enjoy it basically <laughs> it's very short and sweet but it was like Helen knows this from move he'll <laughs> You know what Lucy wants, it's all fine. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I'll never forget that. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. That's made my week already. 
And that it's that is scary though, isn't on, it? Doing your first race. I yeah, I I remember being so intimidated. I think that's why I did it probably. Yeah, like you go into this tent where the the pro briefing is, and everyone's like looking at everyone. And when you're literally new, you just like you don't know anyone. But you and uh, Susie came up to me and and made me feel very welcome. And I guess yeah. you kind of have that imposter syndrome, right? In that first first one, like I shouldn't really be here. I was, my, I was literally, I was 22 minutes behind Goss. I was miles behind. <laughs> 17 minutes slow on the bike. <laughs> I came off the bike and I was like, I am so far behind everyone. <laughs> but don't you get that imposter syndrome? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that imposter syndrome ever goes anywhere. I think there's, I think, I think you'd be surprised. I bet a lot of pros stand, even really well-known people, I bet some of them stand on start lines and they think, Everyone's hyped me up. I don't know why they've hyped me up. I bet I bet so many people think that. Yeah, they just don't say it. See, I'm now intrigued with what you've just said there. What else is going on that that you know people listening to this might not be aware of? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, every, we still get nervous. Like you, I think all the emotions, the feelings that you get, whether that's for you know someone at five k away coming with cancer to try and walk the five k or me trying to do a 100-mile race, or actually Nikki trying to win, uh, I don't know, the 70.3 World Championships or something. It's the same. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. The emotions are the same. And whether you're doing it quickly or slowly, it's that challenge that you're setting yourself. And I think that's what I that's what I really love about sports. And I think that's what I love about, you know, completely changing tack but what yeah. we do with move charity yeah. it's helping people who maybe aren't sporty getting that getting that same feeling and those same emotions so I'm not sure it's very different I think I guess all I'd say is that people put pros on pedestals which is nonsense like I think it's ridiculous that when I was running races people would want to get a photo just because I was quick you know five years before they didn't want to get a photo not many people want to get a photo now and I'm still exactly the same person <laughs> it's so it's so it's crazy isn't it uh, on that Lucy you did um I don't know if you were on this public or not but last uh yeah recently you um you said that someone had um were you on a pavement or something and uh stuffing your face with things and someone wanted a photo were you recording oh, yeah. it <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you... what happened <laughs> on a bike sitting outside Aldi and I was so smashed this is last year it was an Aldi or Lidl and I couldn't even walk from the main door I literally just got the food sat down like a tramp at the main <laughs> door shoving food in and someone was like can you see sausage <laughs> so I was like seriously <laughs> you guys are you guys are funny Lucy do you miss do you miss anything about like racing oh that's a, that's a hard one I said we were chatting, Nikki and I were chatting about this. Like I so when Nikki was doing our Ironman build, I actually missed that because I used to love that just training so much, like tired, but know you why you're doing it. I, I really love that. And I like of course I love the racing. Um but I don't miss all the sacrifices that you have to make. Um so on balance, I'm happier. Like, I, I was very happy when I was racing, but right now, for the time of my life that I'm in, I'm happier not racing. So, yes, of course, there are bits that I really miss, and I look back and it's like a dream. Um, but overall, I like, you know, I like being a bit more chilled. It's all relative. But I, I tell you what I like the most, actually, and oh. Nikki's good at doing this, I like being able to do adventures and do crazy stuff. And you can't actually really do that as a pro. So you can do mini adventures, but you can't take yourself off doing the stuff that I do and I love just go, you know going out in the mountains running through the night or I don't know I love that freedom to just actually wake up do what you want to at the weekend and it might well be something that's utterly bonkers but it doesn't matter um so I, I love that freedom and that's what people don't necessarily realize being a pro you're, you're so yeah you can have fun but you have to be so focused about what you're trying to achieve and that takes away a lot of that freedom Nikki, what would you what would you say to to that? Like, do you sometimes wish, oh, I'd love to do a bit more of that? 
I think Gosman agrees to this, but when you're in your pro little bubble or training bubble, you're just so, well, I personally, I'm so driven and motivated by what, like we were talking about it last night when we had an ice cream. Um, and I just love it so much that I always find ways to just keep loving it. So like, for instance, you know, like our yeah cycle home so I can spend the day with the family. Um, and I'm very fortunate, obviously, got Bex as well, so Bex can fortune, like, drive us back. Um, but I'll try and make – I always try and incorporate fun elements into it, and I love training with people. Um, so in my bubble at the moment, I can't really see outside of it because I just love what I'm doing. And that's why I'm like, I want to keep going for 12 years, and I think, actually, Bex is going to remove me from the sport. <laughs> <laughs> But you do do a really good job of keeping it fun. And I, I get so sad when I see age groupers who are so strict about, you know, like Nikki will ride with me and, it, it you know, you might ride a mile an hour quicker or something if you weren't with me. But actually, if you're doing a seven hour ride, it's probably more important to have a chat and have a nice day. But there are, you see age groupers who are like, no, I've got to do my whatever, what's uh, No, I can't do 185. I've got to do 187. <laughs> Yeah, and then they and, miss yeah. out on that, and it's so sad because, yeah, if you keep yeah, it sessions like someone will be like, oh, I've got a run session tomorrow. I'm like, oh, so have I, and then we discuss what we both got, and then I'll be like, oh, well, we can work it out. Well, you know, you don't even need to do the same effort pace or anything, but you can do it like in a little circuit or something, so that you know you're trying to catch someone or someone's trying to catch you, so you can make it a bit more fun, dynamic group. I don't think there's a set way of having to do things it's actually how can you have the most longevity and enjoyment because that's why we do it we got we all got into it because we enjoy it um so yeah just figuring out that longevity and what we're i mean everyone's de definition of fun is different so <laughs> whatever fun is to you like if someone said to me you have to crunch numbers every day all day everything's got to be monitored i'd be like that no thanks like i can do it to a certain degree but if it was like every time i'd be like that's not fun for me whereas someone else might be like fun for me is seeing every single bit of number every day. <laughs> i mean it, it is whatever's defining fun for you but yeah just for me a, a bit of adventure and training is super fun has Lucy influenced that idea of fun and trying to bring a bit more fun into it? Like, as your career has gone on, do you feel like you do make it more fun than at the beginning? Yeah, def definitely. Like, and I think if you think of Lucy, you always think, put down that finish shoot, just literally <laughs> soaking it in. So you never know when you finish a race again like or like let alone win a race um so yeah just like embracing what you're doing massively and like and just like high-fiving the crowds and and I'd, I absolutely love racing in the UK and obviously busted how many I think you've got a total of like 10 to 12 wins in UK races um but yeah, so like you, you close your eyes and think of Goss dancing away down the finish shoot and like I do like I literally go back out <laughs> I have to get caught mm -hmm. Like at Marbella, I was like, okay, I think I've spent six minutes on the finish line. I'll better go back in. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do, you just soak it up and just love it because, yeah, you just don't know when that opportunity's coming again. Like literally, well, I've missed, I did, I got mentioned the Ironman bills, which I did do this year, but I never even made it to the race. So you literally don't know what's coming. Um, so, yeah, so just embracing it all. Um, soaking it up in the moment. So, yeah, you don't know what's around. Around the corner. Lucy, did you did you always I, I I one thing I remember was um I think it must have been perhaps at that same staffs race. I I don't know. And I think you baby got everyone dancing at the beginning. Like was there a bit of a delay and you got everyone dancing? I I, I can't remember. But oh, there was one, yeah, there was one. We yeah. had to wait, didn't we? And do you remember Alice Hector was doing it and we we were oh, like having a disco on the and there was one certain pro who really was not very impressed and didn't want to get involved. But yeah, everyone else was having a boogie. <laughs> but that sounds really disparaging. Actually, you know, some people just get really nervous on the start lines and you can't expect them to be bouncing around. Um, but yeah, there was there was one. Um, yeah, I just I, I just loved it. And, you know, it was it was never really a job for me. It was always just. Uh, yeah. Like you have those days where you just feel like 
this is just coming too easily. And I did have that in my bay and I'm soaking that up because I haven't, I think I've had maybe one other race, which I felt that good in. But I just felt so good. And I got onto the run, I'd done one lap, which was 7K. And you come back around, you do three loops on the run course. And I came back around, so there's 7K in. And I start like, and there's one big crowded area near the finish. So I start like dancing to them and like, way and getting the crowd going. <laughs> I'd have looked like an absolute dickhead if I blew up, blew up. She <laughs> 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 was like, Woo! like I was literally about to go down the finish line, but I actually still had what 14k. <laughs> but literally the adrenaline it gave for me to go back out is also like most of the run, like 90% of the runs on the sand trail. It's actually really hard to run on. So it gave me like such a boost going back out onto that sand trail. And um, just for a little boogie for like 30 seconds with the crowd. <laughs> and the crowd loved it. I but I lo- I remember doing the um London marathon. I think it was 2017 and like that time when you just feel really good and it feels pretty easy and you're like how how? And I remember mile 22 I was whooping and in fact I've been whooping for the whole thing but even mile 22 I was still absolutely loving it and yeah I think as you've both said, sometimes you, you do not know when you're going to feel like it's not very often that you do feel like that good. But when you do, you're just like, this is amazing. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. But even no, if I'm... you're feeling not good or if you just, I don't know, it's just, do you remember that long, we did the long course. Um, we ran the half marathon, didn't we? We Helen? did. With yeah, we Lauren. did. Yeah. And I bet we, I bet I was doing the same then. And I was just, like jogging it around like not racing it just having a nice time and having a fun day with you two and it just it just makes it more fun doesn't it and then yeah. people that are watching love it as well because they get something back yeah, I, yeah. that just... one that that run Lucy I think we annoyed every mainly bloke everybody around us because we did not stop talking <laughs> for the duration of a half marathon and you know, it, it it wouldn't have been. We were not winning that thing, but we weren't. We weren't super super slow, but we yeah, 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 yeah. we were we were just chatting and smiling and loving it. Yeah, but I bet if you'd done that run on your own, you'd have been like, "Blaminette, that's a really hard run," <laughs> because you just don't notice it, do you? When you're having when you're having fun, didn't notice any of the hills at all. Not one of them. <laughs> not one of them. Not one of them. Um. Nikki, is there anything that you are particularly, right, in 12 years' time, is there anything <laughs> that you're actually really looking forward to doing that you might not so easily be able to do, other than, like, a hopping in a van? adventure, night round, 36 hours. <laughs> you can't wait for all of it. I know. I'll be two hours in and bonk. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pretty much stuff like that. Just literally taking our van, which we're all going to have. <laughs> Bex has also come back in the room now, so she's going to hear the 12 years left and be like, no. <laughs> yeah, just like literally just being, seeing friends and family even more so and doing crazy things around that, whether that's including them on it or doing something crazy to them. Um, but yeah, just like being like, oh, let's go to the Alps. Let's just drive there. <laughs> Like, just, yeah, being able to do it really spontaneously, I think. Um, yeah, to be honest, like, we lead quite a simple life. We, we were talking about it last night over ice cream. Just really enjoy it. Like, we don't have too much going on. But what we do do, which is quite simple, we just really enjoy. Like, just going out for dinner with friends. Like, we don't spend much money on stuff. I know we're talking about a 50k van now. <laughs> but, like, literally just, like, driving off and just being in nature is what our ideal of fun is. And, you know, get a pizza within, and sit in the field, then carry on. <laughs> and then be like, oh, actually, let's just carry on through the night. Just stuff like that way you're not thinking, oh, actually, um, yeah, I, I'm going to need to do a swim at some point. Oh, uh, I will probably never swim again. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Really? Do you swim, Lucy, at all? No, I would if I was on holiday in the sea, or I don't go to a pool. I, I used to, I did some river swimming last year, but it's not been that nice this year. So no, unless I'm somewhere nice. I think it's more the social part of it for me. Like, I like to socialise, and the, like, I swim with uh, the Paris squad, and 
me and Claire always get told off for talking too much. Just sometimes miss our turnarounds because I'm trying to chat. But like we're like it's so like we're doing the warm up and before the main set, we're just we'll be like, oh, we'll do a hundred kick, and then we start like talking about loads of stuff, and then we come back and they're like, okay, well you're meant to be starting your CSS <laughs> session now. But like, I think the social element is not it's not it's very sociable for me, so that's probably why I don't enjoy it as much. Lisa, I, do, I, do you I'm miss it? At all? Yeah, do you miss, do you miss no, that feeling of the water? I, I, I don't know. I, I quite like just being in the water. I, I do. And it was, um, so had COVID not happened, I would probably still have swum. But, because I was still swimming then. And I really enjoyed it. I was swimming with a club and it was fun. It was super early in the morning. But then COVID came and afterwards it was such a faff. But I actually had to decide, did I actually want to go back to swimming? And appreciate, yes, I enjoyed it, but it also takes a lot away. Because for me, if I'm swimming, I have to be in the pool by six and start super early. It takes, and and it's a lot of time, it's a big time commitment. You know, you run into work and it's an hour's run and it takes 62 minutes or whatever. Whereas swimming, you swim for an hour and it's probably two hours. So COVID was really good for me because it just helped me like really work out am I doing it just because I always have then or do be do I really want to do it and yes in an ideal world I'd love to still stay swimming but I can't do everything and actually there's lots of other things I would rather do um so and I'm still I can still I could jump if I need to swim 4k tomorrow I'm absolutely 100% certain I could do so I can still swim like but it's just slow (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. Um, had like the swimming I don't actually enjoy swimming but I've actually, I'm in a really, like, one of an amazing group of athletes and friends that I've created from swim groups. Um, I've been in Paris squad, they're like some of my closest friends. And that for me is really big motivation to get me to the pool. And Goss had similar with clubs. Um, yeah. Swam with. So that's kind of, swimming for me isn't really the swim part. It's actually all the friendships I've made from having to having to swim sometimes yeah. I'm like oh, just take the swim out <laughs> <laughs> I, don't be think, I get what you mean though about that feeling like I mm. do I used to love it when you're getting to work and you just swam 5k and you're just you know I don't know just buzzing and I don't get that from running into work but it's you know I can I don't have to get up at five to go and run into work so uh, or if I do get up at five I can do a mega run and I'll get that endorphin so yeah it's a it's a balance isn't it Oh, definitely I know I just like even if it I mean I would never do a 5k swim in the morning because I just wouldn't have time because the pool opens at seven it's really annoying but even I think I would still just get in just to sort of have that um feeling of like you know being in the water we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, Lucy, I did want to ask you uh, a question. And I guess this kind of comes into like me going to stop doing the podcast as well. And I don't exactly know what the question is, but you know, when you make a, a decision about actually stopping doing something, when do you think is like almost like that right time? So I was going to, I was actually going to come on to this a few minutes ago because um, I can't remember what Nikki had said. Um, so I think you want to let go. Is when Nikki was talking about 12 years, you want to let go when you still love it. Um, and you want to let go when you're still good at it. You, and and I one of the, when I look back at my career... Like we talk, one of the things I'm most like, if I just feel so fortunate about, is that I retired at the right time, um, and it all worked out because of COVID. But actually, I retired when I still loved it, 
when I was still winning, but I just knew deep down that that little bit, there was a little bit of me that was starting to think, actually, I'm not prepared. I don't really want to make all these sacrifices. Um, And I feel so, so lucky that I retired on my terms, my way. And then I had this prolonged like retirement where I didn't really retire, but I kind of half retired. But that didn't matter. That was my way of doing it. And I, um, yeah, I think for you, giving up this podcast is massive because it's been a huge part of your life for so long like solo podcasts and then when you did it before together um you've learned loads it gives you a platform um and letting go is really really hard but at the same time letting go and you still love it and there's there's still a bit more that you could do but but I guess being really honest about other kind of competing demands and things is that's the right time to do it I think yeah. you've totally hit the nail on the head because I think I I had a chat with you a few months ago and I've spoken to you at other times when I'm thinking oh I think I need to make in the grand scheme of things it's not a big decision but at that point in life it it is a big decision and um yeah and I was like I want to stop this when I'm still enjoying it because I don't want to get to the point of just not enjoying it and it feeling like kind of a drag. And I think like there is so much work involved there. It's just mad quite how much I have put into it. And I feel like I've thrown myself into it and I just don't think I've got the energy to continue doing it at that sort of at that same rate, so to speak. So yeah, I still love it. There's loads I could do but I'd prefer to finish while I'm still enjoying it. And you've made it, you know, when you look back at your career, we went C- to your end of the BBC. Car- I mean, oh, big career, like career, as but, in like but, working yeah, life. Yeah, no, but you've, you've made <laughs> massive changes. Like you were working for the BBC and then you jumped ship to, to go and do something completely different. And and now you're doing all the amazing stuff with Move Chariot, like changing lives in ways that, had someone said 12 years ago, this is what you'd be doing, it, you'd probably be like, what? I'm a journalist. I won't be the producer. Yes. <laughs> so you've you've let go of one thing already and, and turned it into something much better. So I, I yeah, I wouldn't, this is just a, it's just a change. And oh, and totally. Here, it will probably turn into something very different, very amazing that you've never even thought of yet, I'd imagine. Yeah, I love this. So, you know, it's exciting because um, because I think you, yeah, you sort of stop one thing, but then it it will open up another door through, yeah, just I think giving yourself the space to then be able to do something else kind of keeps life exciting, keeps life, you know. Yeah, and I think that's what it's about. Yeah, and all the stories that you've shared have changed, you know, some of the ones that, that people have listened that, you know, lots of them will have passed the time, they've just been nice yeah. hour on a run, but there'll be nuggets from different episodes that will stuck with people and change their change their lives. Like I know the one when you spoke to Lou, my friend Lou Bates, mm. um, she gets messages quite a lot actually from people who are like, Oh, I just I listened to this podcast and I was burnt out, various things that you never even know about, but she knows about because that you know, people that have heard, you know, whatever, they message her and tell her. So um, yeah, it's like it's definitely had an impact you'll probably never realise. That's very cool to hear that actually. Do you do you have a um I well, do you have a favorite thing that you've heard on the podcast at all? I think that I really enjoyed the one you did with Luke Grenfell Shaw. Um, so he was, he he was, he is. <clears throat> um, at the time, I just, I think I put him in touch with you and I had met him. He had uh, advanced sarcoma and he was planning, I think he had just started when I spoke to you, yep. to cycle to China on a tandem, um, having been told that he probably had less than a year to live. And, and you did that. I think I messaged you at the time. I was like, Helen, you need to branch out from triathlon. You do stuff like that really, really so well. Um, so that one definitely resonated with me. Uh, I was giggling at your recent bikepacking one. They're oh, actually yeah. just the memories of Kone Mateo's shoving food in outside spas <laughs> or whatever. 
yeah like that was um yeah i i enjoyed the um listening back to the uh hysterics sticking with luke and then nikki i'm going to come to you about um if you've got like a, a favorite one or anything but luke's words i uh i will never ever forget the words and it was just you have to control how you live today and like there are such powerful words so so powerful nikki over to you do you have a, do you have a favorite at all well, I think going, continuing on from that is that all of them have snippets to take away. Um, and I, you're the one with Tom Bishop, Tom, great athlete, and, you know, the happiness side of it is definitely something I relate to. So that was an amazing podcast. But then it went into how Swansea Vale Tri Club became how big it is. And I was like, and I never knew, like, obviously there was like 130, like, it was like ridiculous how many of them were at Swansea competing. But then also on the side of the race, there were so many of them. Um, and they were so lovely, so welcoming, and just cheered like nutters and gave me a best. Um, and they were just fantastic. And I just didn't realise how, you just sometimes don't realise how clubs grow something so magical like that. Whereas so sometimes not even in the interview itself, it's actually sometimes the stuff around it on the side. Um, but yeah, from that one podcast, The Happiness, Tom. Yeah. definitely resonates with me and then listening on and it's funny because I just got so absorbed with uh that story about Swansea Bell and I was absolutely for a reason I was shivering because I got absolutely tipped on rain I forgot it was even raining for like you know <laughs> 10 minutes so I was so into this podcast story I was like oh yeah I forgot I'm absolutely freezing like changed changed you oh yeah so definitely luke because of the message uh, the messaging in that um some of the conversations which i one in particular which again stands out to me because we chatted for an hour before maybe after hitting record and that was with fiona kolbinger who won the oh, yeah. transcontinental race outright and uh yeah it, it's that sort of thing that i feel very grateful to have had the opportunity to have a chat with someone like that um another one which I really didn't ever think was going to happen was Gwen Jorgensen and I remember standing like right like I am now kind of in front of the computer with the microphone there headphones on kind of thinking it's a bank holiday in the UK I could be doing so many other things right now what the hell am I doing she's not even going to turn up and then she did appear in the screen on front of me did appear on the screen in front of me and I was like oh happy days the uh and I think that had been four or five years trying to get her <laughs> on um so those ones and then I take something from every single one I mean how like how did I get sister Madonna Buda to come on I, I honestly yeah, I don't good one. I, love that one. I do not know I I was disappointed by that interview because she was it was really really hard work um because i think it was difficult to kind of get her off the script um she would have done a lot of talking previously however at that point i don't think she had done that many interviews around that time you know she's kind of getting older but i have probably had about Ah, oh, it's not that many, but let's just say anywhere between five and ten messages from total random saying, "How do I get in touch with Sister Madonna Buda? Can you put me in touch?" And I'm like, no. "She sounded really sad on that." Exactly, that was, was why. Honestly, COVID. She sounded so sad. Yeah. Yeah, and I found so I found that I did find that really sad because that was almost like someone who at that point had pretty much given up on life. Was like, I don't want to be here anymore. You know. Mm. um so yeah ones like that it just as if as if I was able to speak to that person um yeah every single one though I always think oh I took something from it I took something from it so um yeah I I have enjoyed it and I have loved being able to give other people a platform and to me that's what it's about there's a reason I don't really talk a whole load <laughs> when I'm doing the interviews because it's not about me um and yeah, that that's why I really enjoy that. So you talk a bit bit about the you know the work you do with Move Charity. Do you mm -hmm. ever tell your clients at Move that you have a podcast? No, 
no no one or two might know like I can think of one because um and this would have been you know they've finished the program I've supported them but they'll still let me know how they're getting on and you know I would have said oh I've been away I did this oh here's a podcast you know here's a podcast about it I can't really there's no point in me telling you if you want to listen to it have a listen it'll be far better um but no I don't tell people if I'm talking about careers I might or if someone were to say oh yeah I'm doing journalism I'll say oh you know I used to work for the BBC and I'd try to give some advice in that sense but generally I I don't tell people that um yeah I definitely don't tell them I have a podcast I just no following on from this so just before I forget when I went on a cycle with Goss once and she just set up uh, the podcast as well with um Luth she's like it is such a skill set to be to do podcasting like because Bex and I were talking about it the other day as well she was like who does it so well is Helen I don't think she knows yeah when you just started it up I don't think people realise, like you did do an episode once about how you, I think you talked about how long it takes and everything. <laughs> but it's also, yeah, it's it exactly what Nikki says. Until you try and do it, you have no idea, because you're trying to listen, but also think about the next question and 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 really kind of appreciate what they're saying. But then, and then you're aware of time. You're like, I don't want this to go on for like five hours um and it's it's yeah and it's such a skill Helen and you yeah you've done it so well um yeah I forgot I'd said that thank you well I can let you into a secret here so obviously I have the ability to edit and um there are times she's gonna edit out half of this Nikki yeah I mean I might yeah there there will be bits that will be locked off I'm pretty sure but um and that's how no no there'll be bits there'll be bits there'll be bits that'll be locked off however um yeah well this week actually I was doing another interview with someone and exactly what you said Lucy that normally normally I can I'm with it and I can do it but there's been twice with two people and I have we've been having a conversation and I don't have a set list of questions that's not you know I I I think I do my research and right I have written stuff down on my notebook right here there are questions but it's almost like my way of thinking beforehand what sort of things do I want to talk about but it's not like I'm staring at this page at all and I probably won't ask some of them I might glance down and think oh yeah I I still want to ask that but it's not that I have a set list so I'm always listening to what people are saying but yes (laughs) someone was saying an answer and I just I think I was too engrossed in the answer I was like oh I don't actually know what I'm going to ask next. Um, and then I can, then I can edit it. And no, no one generally, no one knows because I'm like, that will be edited out. <laughs> so. It's also, I think, um, I don't think people realise, like, I, I don't know if you felt this, but um, it's quite hard putting yourself out there. So when, when I started the the Move Against Cancer podcast, like I, I felt like I was, you know, saying people are going to want to listen to me asking and I know it's not about the interviewer but fundamentally you have to ask questions so I also think it's quite brave to start a podcast and to do it solo and to to back yourself that people are going to want to listen and that's I think that's a massive thing even more even bigger when you're doing it on your own without the backing of a buddy this is true I didn't know that it would get to I didn't really know when I started it. I didn't, I wasn't sure if I'd get down to, you know, four years down the line. I probably didn't. I probably would have thought, is anyone going to listen? But the big thing is I love doing it. So there's always going to be me with that passion to make it want to carry on. Um, But it's like you're constantly thinking about it because you're constantly thinking, who do I need to get on? When do I need to do that interview? Oh my goodness, you know, work's mental. I have about three windows of opportunities in a week. I hope that people can like do it in that, oh, I've just said yes to an extra shift that wipes out a whole day. I can't then even do podcasting on, oh my God, how am I going to get it all done? Oh, it's a Saturday. I'm going to do some podcasting. So I'm looking forward to not having to do all of that stuff basically in my spare time because it isn't just what you hear right now. There's everything else that goes into it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Lucy, one thing, because you probably know me a little bit better than Nikki, and Nikki can answer this question as well, but what you hear on air, is that what you get when you're with me normally? Yeah, I think so. I think that, I, yeah, I do. I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, go. just just if people you don't have it, you're you're the same. Oh, the I'll throw into that because I know you socially through the podcast and through Move as a colleague. So you're the same at all three of them, I think. Yeah, same same Helen. What you see is what you get, Nikki. What you see is what you get. Yeah, Nikki, definitely what you see is what you get. I mean, there's, there's no filter me. There's no filter there. <laughs> if I did a podcast, I wouldn't even bother to edit it. I'd be like, this is it. <laughs> There'd be too many brain farts of me if if we didn't. Um, and one thing I would say about Lucy, I think I have said this previously, but I'm going to say it again because people might not know. And with my work in cancer and exercise rehabilitation, and Lucy is my colleague with the charity, with Move Charity. And one day Lucy said to me, this was pre-COVID, Helen, have you actually ever seen anyone have chemotherapy? And I said, no, I, I haven't. And she said, well, come into not come into nottingham come into clinics and you can spend a day with me and i i only really knew you before that a little bit as a colleague but more through triathlon and what i saw in those clinics i was like it's almost like you you you've always been you i've always had so much respect for you and such a high regard but it like went up about <laughs> a hundred times because I was like wow she is so incredibly good at her job in terms of okay I don't know the sciencey side of that bit right but you have to deal with patients at a really difficult time and I was like my god her communication is just phenomenal and the way that you do that and yeah speak to patients is was incredible to watch like as equal to you running down hyperactive down a finish line oh thank you that's right there we go you need to know i can't can't say much to that (laughs) (laughs) i tell you what though if every now and then i have had a patient come in who knows me from triathlon and for all like you know their relative their husband does or whatever and for some reason that just turns me because I'm quite different as a doctor. It's not that I'm fake, but I, I'm obviously not joking around. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm different with my patients, and we still have a laugh. But if someone knows me from the triathlon, like I'm like, I can't talk. I'm like a proper spanner doctor. <laughs> it's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> because I guess I just like you know I feel like they've got this perception of me as a as a triathlete, and actually I'm a doctor. In that world, I'm a doctor. I'm just, you know, just a doctor. It doesn't matter what I do outside. But yeah, it's very weird. It makes me become like a proper, you know, literally lose all my communication skills and get really flustered and embarrassed. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't notice that bit. Um, right, Nikki, to finish off with the most chopper thing you've ever done, please. Goodness, I don't even know where to start. Took two pairs of shoes on the trail run, one in your backpack. That was all you had in your backpack. I mean, I'll, I'll start at 10. That's <laughs> that one of the most chopper things I've ever done. I was like, Nikki, what first trip of trail run? What have you got in your backpack? You've got waterproof? She's like, no. Have you got any food? No. You've got water? No. What have you got in your backpack? <laughs> my, my equivalent of my alpha flies, just in case I get blisters. <laughs> carbon x twos i think they were at the time so yeah we went it was our first trail run as a group in my head we're just going for a two-hour run it's freezing cold i'm sure i'll be fine on a packet of cliff blocks or something which were in bex's bag um <laughs> and then literally this run was like looking at my stopwatch thinking okay we've done two hours and i, I can't see anything other than <laughs> trees and grass I was like, I am stuck. I'm literally starving and really thirsty, and we're miles away. <laughs> and that's when uh, I let on that all I had was a pair of because I hadn't tried trail shoes before. This is when I was first starting to get into it, and um, I thought, oh well, what if they rub? I'll bring my carbon X's in case. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, everyone's getting out food and hydration. I'm like, 
I am starving. I need drink, but I've got the carbon excess. <laughs> they just came for the three and a half hours, which we were out for. Oh my, that's pretty impressive. Lucy, the most chopper thing you've ever done? Oh, I don't know. I saw Nikki's. I think that's quite hard to think about. I feel Nikki did one for me. I must have done something. I don't even know all, like, so many races because we've been, like, close on the swim and bike and especially at points. But what was that in Wales? Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I was about that Wales for me. Suddenly you just flipped into, we were done, we'd done the Aussie exit and we'd gone back in. I don't know what happened. You just, like, fell down this, but everyone, I don't know, was it getting videos at the time because it went pretty viral around social media and you just done this, like, backflip and you just popped up and like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Are you alive? <laughs> oh, yeah. Lucy, Nikki, both stars, thank you so, so much. Well, thank well you I'm sad it's the end of the podcast. We're gonna, yeah, it's an hour of hour of my, my, my commute that I'm going to have to fill with something else. You'll find a better one. It's all good. Um, don't be thank sad. you, Helen, for everything you've done. You've been, yeah, you've, you've had more of an impact than you realise, I reckon. 100%. Thanks for listening to the Inside Try Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Try Show. Thank you both. And by the way, I thought, I thought I'd dig this one out. So here is the clip that Lucy and I were referring to at the start of the interview when I was saying that I went along to Iron Man UK in 2013 to gather audio for a radio documentary all about Iron Man that I produced later that year. It's just one stroke at a time, one pedal at a time, one step at a time. Iron Man is 2.4 miles of swimming, 112 miles of cycling, and 26.2 miles of running. Eight hours, exactly, into the race. Alan has made a move, and Scott appears unable to answer. When we first went over there, we didn't know you could finish the thing in one day. I enjoy every minute of it. It's that fine line between pleasure and pain. Gradually got more and more unsteady on the run. Kind of fell into the drink station, knocked all the drinks off it, collapsed to the floor, end up in the medical tent. They give me two bags of fluid in my arm and then let me finish. <laughs> they must continue in darkness. Julie is only 10 yards from victory. I picked my head up, looked at the line, saw I could crawl to it. But her legs won't carry her any longer. And knew that really, ultimately, I just had to finish. That's all I had to do. I passed out at the finish line, I went into medical, I got about 10 bags of IV in me, and I was totally dehydrated. I cramped so bad, I could not walk. Your body is very conservative, and it will place limits on you before it needs to. And I think sometimes you need to stick two fingers up to those limits. You get through into the finish shoot, and the crowds are there cheering you on, and I will never tire of hearing those words. The referee said to me, you're not going to make it. I've been out on the course for like 16 hours. All of the other laps, I'd walked half of it, but I ran that whole lap and I did it in 16, 59, 34. And it was just the most amazing experience in the world. Thank you for all of the lovely messages about the Inside Try Show. Getting to this point just wouldn't have been possible without you listening without you sharing the episodes and, and generally getting involved. So thank you. Of course, I'm going to miss it. I'll miss the interactions as well. But I am really excited about stepping away too. What news from me? Well, um, I've still been walking lots. I am at the point. <laughs> I'm getting itchy feet now. So I, I should be able to um, do some gentle swimming and very gentle cycling very, very soon. This is after um, I had open surgery to get my appendix out after they decided to burst. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm me now. So that's cool. I now just need to. Um, yeah, it's horrible not being able to do the stuff that you really love. So I am nearing the point of being able to, to do that. I've been doing lots of walking. I need to up my Welsh game still. I'm back at evening class. So that's good. Um, and we went to the most random soapbox derby, which was basically homemade like little go-karts going down a hill in a nearby village. That was a good laugh. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it, to be honest. So thank you, as always, for all the support. Thank you for listening. Stick with me as there are still some more special conversations to come over the next couple of weeks. 
keep me posted with what you are up to. Obviously, there is very much a, uh, a deadline now of when you can actually fill me in. So if you want a shout out, you better get in touch. You better reply on social media. It's at Inside Try Show. Otherwise, happy racing if you are still racing. Happy training if you're still training. Enjoy the off season if that's where you are at. And regardless, we will speak again next week. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.